At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote getting ready to take on spring Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. All righty, it's time to kick off another week here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke Five, and you can also get a hold of my show Rush Hour. Monday through Friday, five to six PM Central Time. We do it live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook at the Rivers Casino in Desplaines. So if you ever stop by, say what's up. Otherwise, you can get a hold of us on the Marquee Sports Network if the Cubbies ain't playing. Just like tonight, we will be there for the full hour. Otherwise, you can catch it on vsin.com. That's V-S-I-N.com or the vsin app, along with Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, and iHeartRadio. So wherever you get your podcasts available. But again, of course, this show is the Chicago City Cast, and boy, do I got plenty to discuss with all of you today. We've got the playing game scenarios all set up. We've got the Bulls and their series price listed at multiple outlets, and we have a good opening weekend effort from the friendly confines. How about it? I was fortunate enough to be able to attend a couple of those games, and I'll tell you about my experience and my early thoughts on the Cubs and, well, just how they were, I guess you could say, a pleasant surprise to kick off the 2022 Major League Baseball season. So, again, tons to talk about. I do want to begin all things basketball, though, because I'm incredibly excited to look forward to the playing game. I First of all, I just think the idea in itself is fantastic and a very smart way to approach it because of all the incentives and getting these guys and superstars to try to play more as we get down the stretch of the season. So I love it. I think it's a very unique and solid and entertaining idea. Furthermore, I think it presents 
a ton of different betting opportunities that still, because it's so early, the books may not have the proper number adjusted to what it should be. And I'll tell you what some of those are during this first segment. But let's talk about the Bulls and the Bucks first. Now, not every book has this posted. You kind of got to look around and they'll all have it posted. But just the very early numbers that I have seen for the Bulls and the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs. Now, some may have higher odds, but here are the, I guess, overall best bang for your buck I saw. The series price had the Bucks minus $7 and the Bulls plus 500 Now, I've also seen it as high as minus $9 for the Bucks, and of course, that would alter the Bulls as an underdog. Do we actually think the Bulls have a shot in this series? No, of course we don't. I mean, you saw what happened every single game during the regular season. You've seen every other game aside from what they've done against Milwaukee. They just can't compete with the big boys. Milwaukee is too deep. They are a championship team, and they have so much depth that the Bulls just cannot match on any given night. But you're not going to lay $7 with the Bucks. Of course you're not. And no, I mean, unless you're a diehard Bulls fan and you're sticking with them till the end, look... I'm a diehard fan. I know probably most people listening are as well, but you also realize where the actual expectations lie with this team. So again, you're probably not going to dabble in the series price. Now, where it becomes more attractive is the series correct score, or you could bet the series total games, or you can do the series spread. So let's begin with the options you can choose with the series correct score. This meaning... How is this series going to end exactly? Are the Bucs going to sweep? Mean, do, meaning, do they win 4-0? Do they win in 5-4-1? Can the Bulls win 4-3? You get what I'm saying. So here's how it equates to the prices. If you think the Bucks win in 5, meaning they win 4 games and the Bulls just win 1, the odds are plus 225. Now, if you think the Bucks sweep, meaning they win every single game 4-0, some shops have it plus 285. The best number I saw was 3-1. to one. Again, make sure you do your shopping. If you think the Bulls can win two games, but the Bucks win the series, meaning the Bucks win 4-2, to two, then it's plus 340. If you think the series goes to seven games, yet the Bucks still take the cake, it is plus 425. Now, if we flip it, if you think the Bulls win in seven, 13-1. If you think the Bulls win in six, 13 to 1 as well. If you think somehow the Bulls win in 5, it is 40 to 1. And if you think the biggest miracle of all time happens and the Bulls sweep the Bucks, 60 to 1 is your price that you can get with Chicago. Now we can also look at the series total games. You can bet this thing to be a sweep. In four games, it's plus 280. In five games, it's plus 210. In six games, it's plus 265. Or in seven games, it is plus 310. So you could go, well, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to bet, you know, maybe the Bucks to sweep. Say we get best number at 3-1. to one. But also, well, couldn't I just do series total games? Because what if somehow the Bulls sweep? It's not going to happen, but you get my point. Well, at that point, you look at it from a realistic standpoint. If this series is going to end in four games, it's going to be because the Bucks win, correct? So don't bet the series total games at four games at the price of plus 280. You would bet the Bucks to sweep at 3-1. to one. You realize if that occurs, it's going to be because of Milwaukee and you're getting better value betting on it being Milwaukee than the series total games at a cheaper price of plus 280. Get the better value at 3-1 to one with the Bucks specifically because you know if it happens, it's going to be because of Milwaukee. And honestly, same thing with 
to win in five games. If it's going to be in five games, don't bet the series total games at plus 210. Bet the Bucks to win in five at plus 225. Be aware of those discrepancies with these prices, okay? It's not exactly priced out how it should be. And even if it is, some people who just don't pay attention to it as much, I mean, I'm reading these numbers every single day, and, you know, some people may just not have the time or the patience or just, again, it's not that they're dumb or anything like that it's like you're just not familiar it's a new space to get involved with betting these specific areas and betting in general for a lot of people but just be cognizant of the differences in those numbers and what they actually mean because again you can bet the series total games to be four games at plus 280 or you can bet the bucks to win in four at three to one which is a better price and if it's gonna end in four games it's going to be because milwaukee wins in four we know that so make sure you think about those things and realize the difference in prices. Give yourself a better advantage or a better payout. So that's, I think, honestly, with this, you could just skip the series total games. Get out of there with that. Because the Bucks are going to win this series, and if you have an idea of how many games, then just bet the Bucks to win in that amount of games for a better price, okay? You can also do the series spread. So these books have the Bucks at minus two and a half games. And the best price I saw in the Bucks minus two and a half was minus 120. Or you could catch the Bulls at plus two and a half at minus 110. Or some spots even had them at plus money. So this is basically just saying, do you think the Bucks sweep or win in five? Okay. Or you think, okay, can the Bulls win this series outright? Or can they lose in six games or seven games or win it outright, of course, right? Now... I think the Bucks either sweep or win in five. That's the way I'm approaching this, regardless. I don't have any expectations for the Bulls here, nor should you. So then comes in the dilemma, right? Do you bet the Bucks minus two and a half games at minus 120, which currently is the best number that I'm seeing? Or do you bet the Bucks to win in five at plus 225 and the Bucks to sweep at three to one? Well, you got to ask yourself. Are you putting the same amount of money on each? And how much certainty do you have that the Bucks can win in five or in a sweep? Because, for example, let's say you're betting $100. That is your unit you are betting. So if you're betting the Bucks to sweep, 100 would win you 300 at the best number, okay? Now, if you think, ah, maybe, well, the Bulls could probably sneak in a game because it's a series. It's tough. They'll probably be due for one. All right. Well, then you do 100 to win 225 for the Bucks to win in five. Now, instead of doing those individually because you're getting a decent payout, you can bet both and still make a profit. So if the Bucks sweep, it's 100 to win 300. If the Bucks win in five, it's 100 to win 225. So let's say the Bucks do sweep, Okay. You would win 300 bucks, but then you would lose your 100 that you invested in the bucks to win in five. So 300 minus 100, you're still making a profit of $200. Now, if the bucks win in five and you bet both, you would win 225, but you have to minus the 100 that you invested in the sweep. So then you win $125. So either way, you are going to make a profit if you do this and the bucks win in five or by a sweep. You will win more if the bucks sweep because it's a bigger payout. Now, you could also then, instead of doing that, just bet the bucks to cover the series spread minus two and a half at minus 120, which again is just entailing that they would win in five or by a sweep. 
So here's what it comes down to, though. If you're betting 100 on each, then if you're doing it, the Bucks to cover the series spread minus 2.5 and minus 120, then it would be 100 to 183. So you're not winning nearly as much. But if somehow the Bulls win the series or the Bucks win in 6 or 7, then you're not having as much liability. Because if the Bucks then won in 6 or 7 or the Bulls won, then you would stand to lose $200 from those two bets that we just talked about. Whereas if you just did the Bucks to cover the series spread, you would lose one unit instead of two. So then it comes down to how much confidence do you actually have in the Bucks winning this series in four games or five games? If you're like, well, I do think they do it, but I'm just not that confident, honestly. It wouldn't shock me to see the Bulls win a couple. Okay, then don't risk two units on the sweep or the to win in five exacta prices because then you might lose two units. But if you are extremely confident like myself and you think, look, the Bucs are winning this series. It's just a matter of if the Bulls can get one game or the Bucs sweep them. Then I wouldn't do the cover series spread minus two and a half. I'm comfortable laying the two units on 100 to win 300 and 100 to win 225 because that's a better payout, right? But again, this also goes into what you're willing to pay. But in this example, we're having a standard unit of $100, what we are risking. And with the series spread, it would be only 100 to win 83. Whereas if we did the exact prices, we would win either 200 or 125. Now, it also determines if you want to, with the cover the series spread at minus 120, if you're betting 120 to win 100, okay, you could still do that because it's really only a $20 difference. And if you're already betting 100, in my opinion, what more is $20 going to make? On a consistent basis, yes, it'll add up. But on this specific bet, it's not really going to be that much of a difference. So it's up to you. You got to ask yourself, how much conviction do you have with the Bucks? Because at the end of the day, it's not that much difference of $20 also if you're doing 120 to win 100 versus, say, if the Bucks won in five, then it'd be 125. So it'd be a $25 difference. But of course, if they swept, then it would be a $100 difference. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you, and it may be kind of confusing to track this along. But long story short, Again, ask yourself, do you think it's pretty much a guarantee the Bucks win in a sweep, meaning in four games, or in five games? And if your answer is yes, then you should do your standard unit for the Bucks to sweep, which the best price is 3-1, to one, and also bet the Bucks to win in five for just a little bit of security at plus 225. Because then, in this example, if we're betting 100, you would either win 200 or 125 if it comes to fruition. But if you are not certain and you don't want to risk two units because maybe the Bulls do get two games in this, then just do the singular bet of the Bucks to cover the series spread at minus 2.5 at minus 120. So it all depends on what you're comfortable with and how much confidence you have in one team versus the other. But personally... I have enough conviction that the Bucks will sweep or win in five. So again, I would do the exact prices of the Bucks to sweep or to win in five, as opposed to them covering the series spread. There's not really a right or wrong answer. It's just what you are comfortable with at this moment. Yes, at the end of it, there's a right or wrong answer. But right now, there's not a right or wrong. It's just based on your comfort and conviction. And my comfort and conviction would be to bet Bucks to sweep, and the Bucks to win in five. Now, I haven't done that officially. I'm waiting to see where other books post this price because it's still pretty early. 
But I don't want to wait too long because I think these numbers will start moving down. But probably by the end of today, if not by tomorrow morning, I will have pulled a trigger on something revolving around these bets. Let me know what you're betting, though, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter, where you can follow and tweet at me. Now, I do want to just review the NBA championship odds while we're on the subject of the Bucs, because I think they are the most, I guess, uh, intriguing bet, I would say, at this point. Maybe not intriguing, but most plausible one to play. And I think I've touched on this a decent amount on the show. If not, I talked about it on Bet on Chicago, which is a show I do once a week, 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time on WLS 890 AM, if you're ever cruising around in your car. And... Want to check it out on Saturday evenings, or of course you can live stream it on the website. But I've talked about the NBA championship odds a decent amount. And when I first really started looking into it, Milwaukee was 6-1. to one. And in hindsight, of course, I kind of regret not playing it because it's a dollar difference. Now they're at 5-1. to one. But I think the threshold of heading into the postseason right now, the lowest number I would bet, meaning the shortest, I guess, number I would bet, would be 5-1. to one. If it were anything under that, I would hold off. But let's be honest, we're assuming the Bucs are going to beat the Bulls, right? After that happens, the Bucs are obviously not still going to be 5-1 to one to win the championship. They will be probably plus 250 or 3-1. to one. Now it depends what their matchup in the next round is going to be, but still, the numbers will decrease. So based on where the number is going to be, based on the likelihood they beat the Bulls, this should be so to speak, a value play because we know and can pretty much guarantee the numbers are going to change when the Bucs beat the Bulls. Also, I think the Bucs are the best team in the East right now. Here are how the odds stack up, though, just so you get a picture. At Bet Rivers. The Suns are plus 275. The Bucs are 5-1. to The Nets are 7-1. to The Warriors are 9-1. to The Heat are 9-1. to The Celtics 10-1. to The Sixers 14-1. to Not bad, but you can't trust the Sixers. Tough first-round matchup against the Raptors, who they have struggled with. The Grizzlies 16-1. to Too young and inexperienced. Too premature, I think, to get involved with them. The Nuggets at 22 to 1, don't hate it, but you want to get MPJ and Jamal Murray back, and I don't even know when or if the hell that's happening. Mavs at 22 to 1, don't hate that. I wouldn't argue against you. I don't hate the Jazz at 30 to 1. Now, granted, this team is incredible with how they are blowing these leads. So I no, I probably wouldn't touch it, but based on the value, and maybe they're pissed off. I mean, they're definitely pissed off, but going into the postseason, hey, maybe you get 30 to 1, they win the first series, you could get a nice little cash out option. I don't know. Just consider it. Uh, the Clippers then at 35 to 1. The Raptors at 60 to 1. Minnesota, the Timberwolves at 80 to 1. Oh, and then you get the Bulls. They are at 100 to 1 to win the championship. All right. So the Suns are too short. Their odds plus 275. No, thank you. Rightfully so, they're priced there, but I don't want to take a piece of that. The Nets at 7 to 1. Yeah, you have KD, you have Kevin, or uh, you have KD and Kyrie Irving, but. I don't think you have a lot of depth, and you don't really have defense. The Warriors at 9-1, eh, they've been volatile with their injuries. The Heat at 9-1, I don't hate that. You could tell me you take the Heat at 9-1. If you got 10-1, that'd be great. But if you get 9-1 with the Heat, I don't hate the idea of that. But, of course, what is their matchup going to be in the playing game? Because the East is pretty stacked, and, well, we know that there's a possibility that could be the Nets. It's not going to be more than likely. They'll be the seventh seed, but still... It's pretty tough to gauge that. And then furthermore, looking down the list, um, the Celtics at 10-1, I'm just not, again, the Celtics could easily get matched up with the Nets here, more than likely, and then you'll be screwed. 
because, well, it's the Nets. I have faith in them over the Celtics without Robert Williams, too, in the first round. Uh, 76ers at 14-1. Look, I got a flyer on them at 8-1 to win the East. I'll be rooting for them to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But again, it's a tough first-round series against the Raptors. And the Sixers have not won a big, important game since the acquisition of James Harden. And then, yeah, I told you about the rest of the list. So to me, I would choose between the Bucks at 5-1 to or the Heat at 9-1. to But I trust the Bucs more. They had more success against Miami. They have the championship experience. They have depth. They have guys who can hit open shots at will. They can play defense when they need to. And furthermore, they have Giannis Antetokounmpo, the most unstoppable player in this league. Does that mean he should be MVP? Hey, you can make that case. But that's the case you could have made with LeBron every single year, right? But it just doesn't, it doesn't happen because one guy's a little bit more valuable to his team than the other. It doesn't mean he's necessarily the best player and everyone would take him number one in a total redraft of the NBA. No, Giannis would probably be your number one guy over Jokic. But Giannis is the most unstoppable guy. You cannot really even contain him, especially if he's hitting shots along the perimeter and he's hitting his free throws. So I am betting the Bucs at 5-1 to one to win the championship. Now, if they play the Suns or the Warriors, would I give them the advantage? Yes, over the Warriors, probably. The Suns, I think you can make a case either way. It's a rematch, right? So maybe the Suns have that chip on their shoulder. I mean, they definitely would, and then you could give the Suns the benefit of the doubt. But with the value now at 5-1, to one, folks, it's not entirely a bet on the Bucs to win the championship. I mean, by the words, yes, it technically is. But it's a bet for them to just get to the finals, in my eyes. Because with the value at 5-1, to one, it's pretty much just you're banking on them to come out of the East. And then at that point, because you have the ticket on them at 5-1, to one, you can either cash out because they're there and you'll get a decent price. Or you can hedge off with their respective opponent in the West and you'll come out profitable regardless. That's why I'm looking to bet it this way instead of them winning the East because you're getting a lot shorter odds. And if you're already assuming they can definitely win it, then get the better value for them to win a championship. And then you can look to hedge and get a profit regardless with the Bucks and their respective opponent. No, it's not going to be a huge profit because it's only five to one, but the Bucks have been a shorter odds type of team to win the odds or uh, excuse me, to win the finals the whole year. Because they have a great team and they just won it last year. Of course, they're going to be one of the shorter odds teams. But that's what I'm doing right now before the odds move and a way to approach it. If I can assume they're the top team in the East and I think they come out of the East, then we'll revisit it once again when we get to the championship. And if Milwaukee's there, we will have a good avenue to still make a profit. So I'm taking the Bucks at 5-1 to one to win the finals. Let's move along. Let's preview some of these playing games really quick. I'll go into this a little bit further on rush hour throughout the course of this week. The first games are tomorrow, though. You got the Cavs at the Nets. Brooklyn open as an eight-point favorite in this game. Total open to 29 and a half. And then you've got the Clippers in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Spread open three in favor of Minnesota. Total open to 30 and a half. At Bet Rivers, the Nets now an eight and a half point favorite, and the total dipped down to two twenty eight and a half. Brooklyn minus three seventy five on the money line. Cleveland is plus two ninety. 
And for the Clippers and Timberwolves, Minnesota still a three-point favorite. They're minus 148 on the money line, and the Clippers are plus 123. Total has been steady at 230 and a half. Wednesday, Hornets on the road against Atlanta. The Hawks opened up four. Now they're up to five. Total opened 238 and a half. Now it's down to 236 and a half. Atlanta's minus 190 on the money line. Charlotte is plus 155. Then you got the Pelicans, who opened up as a five and a half point favorite against the Spurs. At home, the Pelicans now laying five. They're also laying minus 195 on the money line, and the Spurs catching plus 160. Total open 229, and it remains at 229. My initial thoughts seeing these matchups. We've looked at these to make the postseason prices. We've been tracking them for quite some time, and I'll tell you the way I'm approaching it. But let me tell you my initial thoughts. Let's be honest. The Nets are going to beat the Cavs, all right? So the Nets will get the seventh seed, and they will play the Celtics. And then I also think the Pelicans will beat the Spurs. Those are the two that I have the most conviction with, all right? So then the Nets would be in. The Cavs would play the winner of the Hawks and the Hornets. And I believe that the Hawks will beat the Hornets. Okay, the Hawks are a five-point favorite. They have championship experience, home court advantage, and you got Trey Young, who in a single elimination type of game, I'm going to trust him over pretty much most people on the Hornets. Let's, let's be clear about that. And the Hawks against the Hornets, the series was actually 2-2 two to two during the regular season. All right? But I think they beat the Hornets. So then you're looking at a Cavs, and Hawks matchup single elimination to become the eighth seed and face the Heat. So who do you think wins that one? The Cavs versus the Hawks. Well, Atlanta during the regular season had the season series three to one over the over the uh, Cavaliers. All right, and if you look at their odds right now at Bet Rivers. The Atlanta Hawks to make the postseason, folks. The yes is plus 240 and the no is minus 335. This is mispriced. Atlanta should not be as high as plus 240. This is really good value on the Hawks. Remember, this is a playoff experience team after what they did last year. I know they've looked terrible in spurts this season, but they still have the capability and the talent to come alive for one game at a time. And against the Hornets, I give the Hawks a win. Against the Cavs, because of their injuries, I give the advantage to the Hawks, guys. I do. Think about it. I mean, you have no Dean Wade, you have no Jared Allen, and you have no Colin Sexton. Yeah, you'll get Mobley in the mix, but he's a rookie. It's a tough, pressure-filled environment. Look, we want Darius Garland, most improved player. Loving the guy right now because we want him to cash for us. We're hoping he cashes for us. It would be amazing. But the Hawks are too deep for them right now. The Cavs caught tough breaks with the injuries. They will be back and better than ever next year. But they will get eliminated by the Hawks, in my opinion. The postseason experience will help Atlanta. The depth and talent and scoring of Atlanta will give the Hawks the advantage. And here's the thing, too. If you bet the Hawks to make the postseason right now, remember, the price is plus 240. And that's what I did. The Cavs, the yes is minus 220 and the no's plus 165. So instead of betting the Cavs to miss at plus 165, bet the Hawks to make it at plus 240, assuming that's going to be the matchup. Again, you got to think about these things, different prices. And you can also hedge potentially. So if it ends up being Atlanta and Cleveland, and you're already sitting on a Hawks plus 240 ticket, 
What do you think the price is going to be for that potential matchup? Well, it depends how badly the Hawks beat the Hornets and how badly the Cavs get beat by the Nets. But let's assume maybe it's a pick'em. Or Atlanta could even be a small favorite depending on how those first games go. Well, then you can bet on the other side, the Cavs, to win the game if it's pretty much a pick'em or they're a small dog. And again, it's a nice hedge and a potential profit regardless. Or at least just a hedge to have some security so it's either you win or you just go out with nothing. You don't lose, you don't win. That's the beauty of getting the yes at plus 240 on the Hawks and assuming the Cavs still could be a pick'em or a slight dog against Atlanta. That would not surprise me. So I am betting Atlanta, yes, plus 240 to make the postseason. Great value right now at Bet Rivers. Now what about the other side though? What about the Western Conference? So I told you I think the Pelicans beat the Spurs. That means they would have to face the loser of the T-Wolves and the Clippers matchup. So Minnesota is the home team in this matchup, all right? What can Minnesota do against the Clippers? Now remember, Minnesota is a three-point favorite, minus 148 on the money line, Clippers plus 123. The Clippers are yes to make the postseason. Their yes value, or just odds, not really value, the yes is minus 590. Bookmakers are telling you they think the Clippers have a great chance to make the playoffs. The no is plus 380. Now, I personally give the slight advantage to Minnesota in the first round, or just the first matchup, however you want to call it. Now, the Clippers did lead the season series 3-1 versus Minnesota, but they were all in the very beginning of the season when the Clippers were healthier, so to speak, and the T-Wolves really didn't find out the true nature of their team. But again, I give the the advantage to Minnesota. Minnesota has a pretty solid defense and a way better offense than the Clippers have, and they have the home court advantage. Give me Minnesota in the first game. So Minnesota will be the seventh seed, and they will play the Grizzlies, right? Yeah, the Grizzlies are the number two seed. Okay, so that means then the Clippers, because I think the Pelicans beat the Spurs, then it's going to be the Clippers faced off against the Pelicans. So let's look at these odds for these teams to make or miss the postseason really quick. The Pelicans, yes, is plus 350. The no is minus 530. The Clippers to make the postseason, the yes is minus 590. And the no is plus 380. So if it's a Pelicans and Clippers matchup, then here's where the value is. You could either bet the Pelicans, yes, plus 350 to make the playoffs, or the Clippers, no, plus 380. Well, based on that value, folks, you would obviously air toward the Clippers, no, at plus 380. It's 30 cents better than the Pelicans, yes, at plus 350. Now, the Pelicans have beaten the Clippers in three out of four games they have played this season. Paul George has been in three out of four of those games, and the Pelicans beat... Paul George and the Clippers in two out of the three games Paul George has been in. Even when McCollum wasn't on the Pelicans, they beat Paul George and the Clippers. All right? So I kind of give the edge to New Orleans here. Just a little bit. Because they can score. Their defense is a train wreck, but they can score. Now this game will be in Los Angeles. And I believe the Clippers will be a favorite. So you don't really have that good of a hedging opportunity if, for example you were to bet the Clippers to miss at plus 380 because I think the Clippers will open up as a favorite. But if you get it early enough, maybe you get a small favorite on the money line for the Clippers, like minus 120. So you got to lay a little bit, but there still could be that hedging opportunity, potentially. 
It's not going to be as good or as great, but this one would be just to get your money back, or at least most of it. I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do. I'm saying there is a potential option based on where the odds open at. But realistically, the Clippers would be a small favorite against the Pelicans, I believe. And then it's not that great of an opportunity. But if you jump in immediately before the line potentially moves to the Clippers, then it still could be a possibility. But again, if we're assuming it's New Orleans and we're assuming it's the Clippers, the yes for the Pelicans to make it is plus 350, or you could bet the Clippers to miss it at plus 380, which if we're assuming that's the matchup, it's the same bet, except there's better value on the no for the Clippers by 30 cents. See, these are the scenarios that you have to manifest or at least just envision in your head and realize, oh, it's the same bet. If these teams meet, why don't I take the better 30 cents on the no for the Clippers at plus 380? And that's what I am doing. Based on the price and based on my assumption that these two teams are going to meet, this number is not going to be, you know, the Pelicans plus 380 on the money line, which would be the same for the Clippers to miss if they meet. So why not take it now? Maybe you could get a hedge or just realistically understanding that, hey, the Pelicans have had the advantage over the Clippers. They could definitely miss. And this is mispriced. These are too big a numbers to be putting on the Clippers to miss. So that's why based on the number. Not that I'm guaranteeing the Clippers miss, but based on the number and that the realistic probability that it could happen, I'm going to take a no on the Clippers to make the postseason no plus 380. That's another one that I'm going to pull the trigger on. So I'm betting the Hawks to make the postseason yes plus 240 and the Clippers to miss it at plus 380. Clippers to miss postseason plus 380, Hawks to make the postseason yes plus 240. Now, aside from that, what about some play-in game exactas? Meaning, pick the four exact teams that will make the playoffs officially. Now, you got to search around to find these at specific books, but I like two combinations here. I bet the Nets, Hawks, Timberwolves, and Clippers to be the four teams. Yes, I said I bet the no on the Clippers, but this is another route to take, okay? That's the beauty of having good value. The Nets, Hawks, Timberwolves, Clippers. That's one exact I did, and the price was plus 470. Because I have a lot of confidence the Nets make it, and like I told you, I have a lot of confidence the Hawks make it. And I'm already telling you, I think the Timberwolves beat the Clippers in the first game, so I have confidence they make it. And then it just comes down to, okay, is it going to be the Clippers or Pelicans? Because I think that one could go either way. So I did the Nets, Hawks, T-Wolves, Clippers, plus 470. And then I did the Nets, Hawks, T-Wolves, and Pelicans. Because again, I think that could be interchanged with the Clippers and Pelicans. Except this value, folks, it's 25 to 1. Incredible value. I'm telling you guys, these books are not giving you the appropriate odds. And in, in, in a good way. Like, these, this is not how it should be priced. It should be not that big of a difference from one team. Right? So if you have as much confidence as I do that the Nets, Hawks, and T-Wolves make it, then in my opinion, it just comes down to the Clippers and Pelicans. And because you're getting plus 470 for one outcome and 25 to 1 for the other, why not bet both and get a payout one way or the other? With a lot more rooting going for the 25 to 1 on the Pelicans, T-Wolves, Hawks, and Nets as opposed to the Clippers, T-Wolves, Hawks, and Nets. But either way, you can make some money if it's the Clippers, Pelicans, and those three other teams. So those are how, or that is how I'm playing those exactas. The Nets, Hawks, T-Wolves, and Clippers at plus 470. And also the Nets, Hawks, T-Wolves, and Pelicans at 25 to 1. 
I know it's kind of a lot and it's all over the place, but there's a lot of outs, meaning good hedging opportunities or just good value heading in to these markets for the playing games because it is untapped. It is unfamiliar. These books don't necessarily know the appropriate way to price them and we could take advantage of it if things fall the right way, of course, but still, I think you have good looks here based on the value. So in summation, just again, I'm looking to take the Bucks to sweep at 3-1 to one and probably them to win in 5 at plus 225. So if they win in 5 or sweep, you get a payout. I'm taking the Bucks to win the finals at 5-1. to one. I'm taking the Hawks to make the postseason, the yes plus 240, and the Clippers to miss the postseason at plus 380. And then we are doing the playing game exact as Nets, Hawks, T-Wolves, Clippers plus 470. And also Nets, Hawks, T-Wolves, Pelicans at 25 to 1. I'll talk about it more on Rush Hour. Those bets will be listed at VEASAN's Best Bets log page. If you get confusing, me saying this out loud and you trying to comprehend it if you're in your car and you're like, dude, what the hell? You keep throwing out numbers and teams. I'll list them out also. Maybe I'll tweet them out, but for sure they'll be at VEASAN.com on the Best Bets log page in the daily email. So make sure you subscribe, VSIN.com slash subscribe. I'm pumped. You should be too. Great betting opportunities with fantastic value. Coming up next here on the CityCast, let's recap the Cubs opening uh, weekend. Look, it was it was fun. It was great. It was a little bit of surprising. How about it? The Brewers were pretty much the overwhelming favorite to win the Central, yet the Cubs took care of business. I do have a couple bones to pick, though. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about my experience at Wrigley Field on opening weekend. Stick around. It is the Chicago CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. No football, no problem, because Bet River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, pro basketball, and much more. So don't miss out on Bet River's many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast, with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. So get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. So I feel like Mondays are always pretty funny here on the CityCast because my voice seems to be a little bit hoarse for one reason or another. Like last week it was yelling at March Madness and uh, this past week it was me yelling in the bleachers at Hunter Renfro in right field and cheering for uh, Suzuki's first home run, which was amazing to see. I went to the game on Saturday and I went to the game on Sunday. Now the game on Saturday, that was the Steele and Woodruff matchup. My friends and I got really good seats on the right field, uh, just right on the right field foul line, honestly, right on the pads. And because we were saying, I mean, it was a good bang for your buck with tickets right now, but if the Cubs keep winning, probably soar up. But it was surprising to see them be this good of a bang for your buck on opening weekend. But they were, so we took advantage of it. Um, I was impressed by Steele, man. How about it? I didn't really have that much hope in the Cubs for that game. It's not like I bet against them, but I was very shocked. I mean, they won, what, 9 nothing. It was fantastic. It was great to see. I was very pleasantly surprised. Woodruff was a mess. I mean, this guy finished, what, like fifth in NL Cy Young voting? Could not find the zone whatsoever. And the Cubs hitting took advantage of it. They took their pitches. They didn't chase. They got their walks, and they looked patient at the plate. That is the big difference from the teams with Javi Baez's, Chris Bryant's, Anthony Rizzo's to this team right now. Now, Again, that's not saying all those guys chase pitches, but, you know, Javi Baez was captain chase. 
But this team looks patient, and they look like they're seeing the ball a lot better. I'm going to be honest. They're not hitting for power, but they're hitting for contact. And just to move the ball around, right? Just to get on base, advance the runner, take advantage of the walks, and take advantage of the mistakes that the opposing team is going to do by shooting themselves in the foot. And that's what they did on opening day against uh, Corbin Burns. And that's what they did against Brandon Woodruff. So it was awesome. It was fun. And my friend and I, uh, we learned a little bit of Japanese to yell at Seiya Suzuki. Like, hey, can you throw me a ball, please? And he did throw two balls at us. All right, the first one, well, we had a family behind us, and we had a little girl, so, you know, I let it go, and uh, the little girl got it. She was ecstatic, and then the second time he threw it, my buddy had it, dropped it, picked it up, and there's all the, because now toward the end of the game, you know, the ushers are letting little kids come in between innings. They're seeing us interact with Seiya, and uh, they come up, so I'm like, you got to give it to the little kid. He's like, all right, gives it to the little kid. The kid's like, thank you, thank you so much. Obviously made his day. It was great to see you because that's what you want to do as a kid right there. You're there to get a ball. You're ecstatic. And especially from Seiya. I mean, he's got the most hype coming into the Cubs and all these kids are going to look up to him. And he's going to be the future, hopefully, of Chicago. So they were doing anything possible to get a ball from him. My buddy gets it. They're like, all right, you got to get to the kid. He's like, yeah, I know, I know. And then gives it to him. The kid says, thank you so much. Great kid. Deserved it, right? He didn't just take it and run away. He said, thank you very much. I appreciate it. The crowd was cheering. So that was a feel-good moment for everybody there, but it was just funny, and then we were still saying stuff to him in Japanese, like, oh, like, my one friend was like, I love you, and we're just like, throw a ball, and you're like, Seiya-san, and then he, like, gave us a nod of approval. is a man of the people. He's a crowd pleaser. We all loved him. It was awesome. And then it got even better on Sunday because we're in the bleachers then in right field because we're like, well, now we got the end with Seiya, right? You know, he's going to throw us a ball. He did throw a ball our way. It went a little bit over us, and... um. My buddy, though, in the who we because we, we went in the bleachers with a squad, and my one buddy just you know took the flyer on Seiya to hit a home run, and it was what man I'm first and second three one count. I look over him, I was like, this is it. He's gonna he's gonna crush this one. First home run out to left field, absolutely electric. Everybody's going nuts. My buddy spills my beer all over the people in front of us. Sorry, that's just how the bleachers go sometimes. There's 13 bucks down the drain, but that's going to the friendly confines in a baseball game in general. But worth it to see Seiya hit his first home run in person. The crowd went absolutely nuts. And I did end up getting a ball that game. Pro tip, uh, you know, the Brewers bullpen catcher was out there. He had a beard. Googled the roster for the Brewers. Only guy with a beard in his picture. I think his name was like Adam Weisenberger. I was like, Adam, yo, Weisenberger. Threw me the ball, snagged it. It's nice. Went home with a little souvenir. Granted, it was a Brewer's ball, so a little bit gross. But hey, still cool to go home with a ball. Um, don't worry. The kids around us already got plenty of balls earlier in the game from the uh, Brewer's pitching staff and uh, coaching staff and uh, from Seiya, too. So it was, it was fun all around. But we were pissed, of course, because the Cubs. That time, I actually took them for Stroman's debut as a small dog. You know, just a fun kind of bet being there again. It's an obligatory bet. You got to take the Cubs if you're at the game and you're a diehard fan. And if they're an underdog and he got one of the most hyped pitchers coming into the organization in quite some time, aside from John Lester, but coming there and you see him as a dog. Well, then I saw the lineup because me not really being that due diligent in my research. I'm like, oh, my God, they're kind of just surrendering this game. You know, no Contreras. Uh, who else were they missing? I think they didn't have like Schwindel in the game. They didn't have wisdom. And I was like, what, what the hell are we doing out here? Anyways. The Cubs were up 3-0, give up a home run, 
They take out Stroman in what, the fifth going into the sixth? And I get it, you're taking out these pitchers early. The Padres did it twice. You Darvish had a no-hitter. Sean Manaya had a no-hitter. And they took him out. I get that, it's early, but what are you doing? And the Padres blew that game. They took out Darvish. Luckily, they held on the second game. The Cubs blew the game. They took out Stroman because Chavez, who has been great for the Cubs in the past, was abysmal. Dave Ross David, my man, what are you doing? You took him out too early. On his debut, you needed to let him get the win. You killed the momentum and the possibility of a sweep against your rival aside from the Cardinals. Oh my gosh, that was embarrassing. Terrible managing. I don't care if it's early. One more inning. The pitch count couldn't have been too high. And it's his debut. You need that for the momentum, the morale, the camaraderie, all of the above. Get the sweep to begin. Are you kidding me? You already waved the white flag with the lineup, but Suzuki did enough to get you home. Stroman was doing enough to get you home, and then you relied on the bullpen, which that is my biggest concern was and is going into the season and through the remainder of the season. The, the, the Cubs are going to have a terrible bullpen. This is going to be a looming issue. I honestly believe that. I hope not, but I think that's going to be the case. And I said this when we previewed the, this team last week. And then, what? Uh, the Cubs tied it up. Wild pitch. The Brewers' bullpen didn't look good at all throughout this whole series. Couldn't throw strikes. Hayter was the only one who looked good. When he came in, he knew it was over. But before that, then they tied it up, and then I go to get a, you know, a beer and a dog and solo home run. I'm like, come on. It was 10 seconds ago. What are we doing? You already gave up a home run? Norris. That guy stunk. What, he almost blew it, uh, what was it, the first game, opening day, he was terrible, and then he blew it again. This bullpen is not good, guys. And then they had the opportunity to tie it. I forgot, was it like Villar or someone who slid into first? I can't remember the player. And it was tough to overturn. Obviously, everyone was irate in the stands, but because they called him out, you couldn't overturn it. I knew that was going to be the play. If you called him safe, again, you couldn't overturn it. But he slid head first. Then you have the argument, well, if you just run it out for sliding, it actually is better. So, I, I don't know. It was just a pain, though. It stunk that they lost that game. I feel like they could have left with a sweep, which would have been awesome. Based on just everything in terms of people looking down on the Cubs this year. Tickets being so cheap because the expectations aren't that high. People aren't happy with the front office, the ownership, all of that. You know, the Brewers have been owning you the past couple of years. And then you take out the Cy Young, you take out their next top pitcher, and then you get Stroman on his debut, and you could have swept him, but you blew the lead, and he didn't have a good lineup, and you took out Stroman early. My bones to pick are with the Cubs bullpen, but more importantly, with David Ross. I mean, again, I get it. Preserving. Sure. But it's his first game. You need it. This dude's been hyped for this. He's like, I want to pitch in Wrigley Field. I've never had the opportunity. He was, you know, giving all the signals to the crowd walking out. It was sick. It was great. It was a fun environment. And, man, I just really wish they would have won that game. Not even only because I bet on the Cubs. It was just a bummer. And, again, realistically, after I saw the lineup, I didn't expect them to win. But they had it there. They had it at their fingertips. Bad management from David Ross. I'll say it. It was. It's not his fault that the pitchers threw the bad pitches. I get it. But you know what you have on that roster, guys. Come on. You know that Stroman was dealing. I just thought it was a real big disappointment that that's how the game ended. It's a long season. I get it. It just would have been sick. It would have been awesome. 
to see Stroman and the Cubs get the dub and the sweep against the Brewers. Silver lining, you got two out of three with the one game postponed. Better than most people expected, for sure. And now you get the Pirates to look forward to. Keep it up. I like this Cubs team. We talked about them being undervalued. Here's the thing. They have a lot of really good contact hitters and a lot of guys who can see pitches well, kind of excluding Jason Hayward. No offense, Hayward, but eh, you're not really doing too much. Never really have. I mean, look, I love Jason Hayward. Great captain, team leader, gold glove winner. Had a great hitting year, what, two seasons ago? But then he's reverted back to just slumping. But he's a great team guy. Oh, yeah, and then we saw the benches clear on Saturday. Hayward was the first guy there, sprinting from center field. Look, Hayward knows how to control his team. He knows how to be a leader. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, and also, I'm sorry, they sat Wilson Contreras yesterday, which is like, what the hell are we doing? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's because Gomez, or Jan Gomes, excuse me, familiar with Stroman. I guess that could be the case, too. But Or just giving Wilson a, uh, a day of rest. But, um, yeah, this team, I, I, I think they'll be solid. They will be a fringe postseason team. They could maybe sneak into the wild card based on the expanded postseason. That would be their ceiling, in my opinion. And that's kind of what we alluded to when we previewed this team and their win total of about 73.5. People are going to look to fade them. Everybody thinks because they dished off everyone, they're going to stink. And they might from spurts, yes. But they have, they have a lot of good players. They don't really have great players aside from Wilson Contreras and potentially Suzuki, right? So that's why they could be a fringe playoff team. What they don't have is a lot of depth. That's my concern. Coming off the bench to pinch hit. You know, you had uh, you had Clint Frazier the other game. Like, he's solid as a pinch hitter, sure. But aside from him, yeah, you don't have too much depth. We'll see if it progresses into that. But right now, I don't have too much confidence in their depth offensively. But for a starting nine, not bad. Not bad. Overall, thumbs up, positive outcome. Wish you could have got the sweep. Man, that would have been great. Don't trust your bullpen that much, David Ross. You know this. You know better than that. And on Stroman's debut, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just so salty about it. (laughs) I mean, you should be too. That would have been amazing. It's a long season. I know. I got to temper my expectations from time to time, all right? But they had a day off. I don't know. You had a day off. You could have played Contreras. Got him a day off anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got the bone to pick. Uh, It is what it is. But, hey, again, we're happy with the Cubs. They won two out of three. We'll take that based on what we probably thought was going to come to fruition. All right, folks. That's going to wrap it up for another edition of the Chicago CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Always appreciate if you like or subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when the episodes get released as soon as possible. And if you want more content from myself, you can follow me on Twitter at DannyBurke5 and check out Rush Hour Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Tonight, we got Will Hill, host of the New York City Cast and VEASAN's betting analyst, a.k.a. my long-lost stepbrother, not actually, but it's a joke, Adam Burke, he will be joining the program as well. We'll touch on baseball. We'll talk NBA, maybe a little bit. Well, probably not hockey. We got one game tonight, but plenty of basketball and baseball. You won't want to miss it. Check it out. 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Marquee Sports Network at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. I'll tweet out the links, but we'll be back tomorrow for another edition of the CityCast. Until then, best of luck with your wagers and take care. And if you have any questions, I know I threw out a lot of numbers. Again, reach out to me. I'll try to help out as much as I can. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. Take care.